The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So my thought was... Because basically since October, for North Carolina sports fans, you think about the way the football team went to the tank. Women's soccer had a national championship snatched from them in the waning seconds uh, by what could have been a, a missed call. And then the tightly coiled pile that was this basketball season. Carolina fans have been struggling. So what I thought I'd do today is I would go to probably one of the smartest people that I know, definitely one of the smartest people to ever be on this show, um, Dr. Lori Richel is going to is going to come in here and help us with a little bit of therapy for fandom and and just kind of lay out some of her cred right now. Dr. Richel is a psychologist, a faculty member at the Department of Psychiatry at UNC, and owner of the Triangle Area Psychology Clinic. So she knows what she's talking about. Um, whereas the Tommy and I are just two knuckle draggers with microphones here. Dr. Richel, how are you? First of all. I'm doing fine. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate you making time for us this morning. So <laughs> as I teed it up, this has been a, a struggle of epic proportions for Carolina fans over the last, I don't know, half a year, nine months, whatever. Help me understand why is fandom so hard? Help our <laughs> listeners understand why do we identify with teams and why do our, our I guess our emotions change so heavily on the fortunes of 18 to 22 year old boys? Right, right. Um, it's a it's a great question. So the uh, I think the the first part about this is that uh, it's just entertaining, and we're super reinforced when we're entertained and we feel good, and so that's when our team wins. We feel good, and we quite simply are punished when our team loses, and so that's just 
you know, basic emotions. But more importantly, sports are such a, um, a human connecting thing. It often forms the basis of all of our social connections, or at least a lot of them, especially for really huge sports fans. And so it can be a really um, tremendous, um, powerful aspect of our lives. And also when things are not going so well, it can uh, breed significant discontent. Um, uh, so I think there's lots of reasons, but a lot of it goes back to the role that um, the social connection plays in our self-esteem, um, that when we are connected to people who are successful, we feel better about ourselves. Um, when we are connected to people or teams who are not as successful, we don't get that same benefit. So I think the fact that you pointed to success first does a lot for what Carolina basketball fans specifically have dealt with over, over the last little while. Because if you look back at last year, they got this out of thin air, seemingly amazing, beautiful, happy run towards the national championship in which they, you know, they vanquished one of their rivals uh, and, and, you know, beat their all-time Hall of Fame coach. Uh, so they mm-hmm. had a lot of real ecstasy and kind of real peaks and then uh, maybe they expected more this year. I think at least from us in, in the media, we expected more out of this team. Does that make it harder when, when things don't come to fruition, when, when oh, sure. expectations are not met? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a you know, basic principle in psychology is this, um, this idea of an expectancy violation. So anytime we're expecting something to happen and it doesn't, um, we almost always get a burst of, it could be a tiny burst, but a burst of negative emotion. Um, and that's a, when you think from an evolutionary standpoint, you've got that emotion in there for a good reason, right? So if you think 10,000 years ago, you know, if you're out looking for food uh, and something surprises you, you probably want to take a quick step back and make sure it's not going to eat you next, right? So the, it serves a purpose to sort of have this burst of negative emotion when expectations aren't met. But in the 10,000 years ago example, you figure out real quick if you're going to live or die in that moment. With this sports idea, this goes on for months. Um, And and sometimes we spend a lot of time, even in the off-season, really thinking about what could have been and lamenting that. Um, And I think there's a lot of other stuff that goes along with it in sports, too, about, you know, the comings and goings and, um, you know, getting back into sports after all these years in the pandemic and what's our relationship with it like now. And I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this, but I think there's a lot of reasons why people's emotions go up and down and expectancy violation is just the start of it. Uh, Tommy Ashley here. I'm listening to you thinking I probably need to go see you. Uh, not necessarily <laughs> for, <laughs> not just for uh, this discussion, but uh, let me ask you, uh, do you think, Here's my take, and then I'll get my my uneducated take. The pandemic and COVID and all that stuff just made people a lot more angry and a lot more frustrated with everything. Do you think the sports aspect of it where people hope to get pleasure from that is even more amplified because of what we went through the last couple of years or the, you know a couple of years ago on, on that end? Because it seems like fan bases, I'm not just talking about Carolina's fan base or anybody like that, it just seems like with what you were just discussing that it's just a lot more ramped up these days. Well, there's been just a, an avalanche of mental health problems since the pandemic, for sure. And so I think, you know, again, whether or not it has risen to the level of a really significant mental health problem or not, what we certainly know is that, you know, whatever mood state you're in, 
um, you tend to see and attend to other things in the environment that go along with that. So, so said more simply, if you're in a bad mood, you notice other things that also make you upset, right? So, um, and similarly, you know, when you're feeling on top of the world, you're more likely to notice all kinds of other good things happening around you. And so we get this confirmation bias problem going. And so if you're a person who's really struggled, as a lot of people have, um, to really come out of the pandemic and get back into, you know, your, your regular um, ebbs and flows of life, um, and, and you are generally more negatively oriented, then yeah, I could see where if, especially if sports were something that brought you tremendous joy before the pandemic, if that joy has not returned, then sure, that's going to be, uh, that's hard to digest. How has, uh, how has social media exacerbated all of these things we're discussing? Well, so it's, <laughs> it's interesting because when Joey first, asked me about doing this I was you know sort of thinking about all, like all the different ways that people cope in healthy and unhealthy ways with stuff like this and for teams that have had the kinds of success that UNC has had then the the you know going back to that expectancy violation then the fall is even greater right and so it makes a lot of sense again to pull the social piece back into it that when you are mourning a loss that you go to your people to discuss, right? Um, and that can be hugely beneficial in that we have this shared sense of community. I'm not alone in feeling this way. I'm not alone in questioning whether that was the right decision or the wrong call or the right strategy and, you know, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I, all of those things can be helpful up to a point. And then, at some point, it probably starts to flip over for, for most people into what is a point of diminishing returns. So now you're just sort of <laughs> on these, you know, whatever the platform is and digesting, you're consuming the exact same material in different forms with people who have hung in. So the people who have said, you know what, I've talked about that game, that loss, that call, that whatever the thing is, uh, enough, I'm all done they've exited the conversation, right? So what you have are the people who really do, are, they're hanging in there for some reason. And I think for a lot of those folks, it's because their, their emotion is high. They're motivated to stay there um, and to continue to connect with other people who feel the same way. The problem is we ramp each other up, right? So when I look at some of these fan boards, um, wow, there's a lot, it's, it can get really intense. And so I think that can also prolong the agony on some level. So I think that's something that's actually really important for all of us to think about is how much are we continuing to swim in the pool with other like-minded people in ways that are helpful for us versus like, you know what, I got to go do something different. I got to stop reading about this. I got to stop watching replays. I got to stop, you know, all that kind of stuff. Let me ask you my last question before I kick it back to Joey. Um, how difficult is it for people to, people in power especially, or in control, to admit that maybe their way is not the highway? And how do you deal with that? Oh, my gosh. That is a question that just went way bigger than basketball, so I'm going to try to bring that. <laughs> 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 um, I don't, I don't, wow, I have to, let me try to redirect my brain here. But yeah, so this is also, I think, a thing that's really hard, and we're seeing this, you know, again, back to the, what's such a struggle, I think, for 
UNC, not just comparing this season with past seasons or expectations for the season, but also having a rival right down the road where both teams are going through big coaching transitions have been over the last couple of years. And so of course that's going to raise a bunch of questions, right? How's the new strategy going? How are the new people gelling? What is, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think when you find people who can be in a uh, leadership position and acknowledge, um, I don't always know the right way. And sometimes I got to get input from other people. I think that's a great thing. It's not always the case for sure. Um, and that can certainly be really frustrating when you feel like you're, um, uh, you're whoever it is that you're thinking of that prompted that question, I will not ask you to say publicly. Um, <laughs> But, you know, that I think that kind of stuff is super common. And, of course, when you disagree um, with what a person is deciding to do with a team or a direction that they're taking, and, and it's really important to you that that team does well, then, of course, you're, you want to get frustrated at something. That's normal. We like to direct our frustration or anger at a target. Um, and so identifying one on purpose or on accident is a very normal thing. So first off, my brain has grown like three sizes just by listening to you talk here. So I'm learning how to process my, with my own uh, crap here, which is awesome. Uh, but since the show, <laughs> since the show is just not about me, uh, I, I want to ask, how do you, what would you say to somebody who's dealing with all of these things you just shared, right? The, um, the failure to meet expectations, the, just the change in, you know, going from elation to, you know, misery or, you know, at best ennui. Uh, what do you say to somebody? Is is it just as simple as getting out of the social media pool and going outside and touching grass? Like what, what, what do you say to somebody to kind of help break that cycle that may not be productive for people that are still hanging around there waiting for something? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, thank you for putting that out there. Cause I was like, do I actually go on a radio show and basically tell people to stop listening to your radio show? Cause I feel a little bit like that's what I'm doing. So apologies. <laughs> Yeah, at some point, it's like with anything else, right? Like if you are oversaturated, you got to dial it back, whether that is about sports or politics or I don't care what the thing is, but like if you are finding that you cannot unhook your brain, then fewer inputs are probably going to be helpful at least for a period of time, right? It doesn't mean forever. It means like maybe I need to take a few days off of this. Maybe I need to take one day off of it, right? Because it's just too all-consuming. So, so whether that's, I mean, that can be social media, but, you know, it can just be even continuing to watch the rest of the games today. If you're going to sit around and watch games today and just think about how miserable you are, probably go find <laughs> something else to do, right? So, like, if that's go outside and touch grass, knock yourself out. But, like, it might also have to be something that's really um, very distracting for you, right? So, like, I just uh, I did a hot yoga class this morning. I'm still dying a little bit from but it was very hard to think of anything for that hour except basically trying to stay alive um and uh so like you might need something that distracting if you have to pull your attention away some people are like oh i gotta turn off the tv and go outside and touch grass and they're good other people need more than that that's awesome i love that you broke it down to hot yoga too i'm going to try to convince tommy to go to hot yoga with me after yeah, this i promise you that I, I do a lot but i'm i can't I would embarrass myself fully. <laughs> so, all right, last question, Dr. Richel, before we let you go. We appreciate you just imparting some knowledge upon us here. Recognizing, and you started uh, the segment with this, and I want to kind of recenter it and kind of close on this. Um, 
fandom is not always bad. You mentioned how it it creates some great social outlets. It creates it creates some great opportunities for for people to bond and, and find like minded folks and just you know, all of the camaraderie that can come from it. How can somebody get from where they are right now, where they're miserable and everything sucks, and I want to fire the entire planet, to getting back to recognizing sports for the the positive things and what fandom can actually do for somebody in a good sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think, you know, part of it is being able to connect with uh, some of the moments of joy or relaxation or connection or whatever the things are that sports have brought you in the past. Right. So um, I graduated from Georgia. We've been having a, um, a decent run that's that's the sandbag of the show thank you you're welcome and that has not always been the case in my entire life and so for right now it's really important for me to be sort of taking snapshots of um how cool it is to be back-to-back national champions because guess what that's not going to happen a whole lot in life um and so like you got to really like not get into this uh okay now we're national champions and i'd like to sit and stay here forever that's a completely (laughs) unreasonable expectation and so adjusting that i think is something that is really important but i think it's also you know remembering that you know being a fan of anything typically has its ups and its downs right so even if it's the yoga class some days you're going to go and you're going to kill it and some days you're going to go and you're going to lay on that and not do a whole lot and you're going to make great art and you're going to make terrible art and some sports times are going to be really awesome and some of them are are not and those are actual real feelings especially depending on how much real estate you allow sports to take up in your mind right so if if sports and all the things about sports have occupy a lot of seats at the table in the boardroom of your life right and that still feels like yep that's how i want that to look then onward, but you've got to do some acceptance around the idea that there are going to be seasons like this. There are going to be losses. There are going to be um, injuries that are devastating. There are going, you know, all of those kinds of things. And there are also going to be these really great moments. And the fact is that these are unusual relationships that are not replicated anywhere else. All, all of us have relationships mm-hmm. with these coaches and these players that are not they're, they're one way, right? <laughs> and so for the most part, right, like you could have it, whatever you think it is in your mind is whatever it is. But the reality is you show up, you watch them, you cheer them on. But the things that they're giving back, they're giving back on a more general global level. Well, it's not, it's not general and global to the fans. It's personal, right? So I'll just, I'll close with this, Joey. I don't know if you know this, that um, uh, my, um, my graduate degree is from the University of Kansas. And um, I was, a brand new graduate student, I'm super dating myself now, um, when uh, Roy Williams was first offered the job to come back to North Carolina. And as a, I had, you know, been a college sports fan for a long time. And so I certainly thought I knew enough about this where I was like, you guys are all these people in Kansas. You got to understand, like in Kansas, KU fans are, I mean, these are multi-generational families have gone to, I mean, it is a it is a lifestyle, yeah. right? In the same way that it is here, for sure. And um, people were like, "Oh my God, Roy Williams can't leave." Roy, you know, Roy Williams is a—I mean, he's—he's he's a saint, right? And I was like, "You guys are idiots." He is leaving. This man is going back to UNC. And if you think otherwise, and you know what, he stayed. And all those people—I cannot tell you the, what it was like to be there and watch these people. They were so—it was like. 
I mean, truly, a family member had said that they're staying and they're not going, you know, and they were so happy. And then in, in the ensuing several years before we all know what happens next, I, too, became attached um, to Coach Williams. And when he left, again, just a few years earlier, I, it, it, all made, it still made sense to me. Of course, he was going home. It made sense. Um, and it was painful, right? It was painful to watch him go because he brought so many good things, good moments, good years to Kansas, to, to Lawrence, Kansas. And, and people really had a lot of mixed emotions. A lot of people, you know, obviously really wanted good things for him, but also felt really hurt, really betrayed. And, and I remember then, I think it was the very next year, Kansas winds up going, I think it was the next year, going to the national championship mm-hmm. and seeing Coach Williams in the stand. God, does he listen to the show? Oh, Lord, I just had that thought. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, that, and he had a Jayhawk sticker on his lapel. And I remember Joey thinking about, it was almost like, um, like when he left, it was like a breakup, right? And it was almost like, it's like your ex shows up and is like, but I'm still your fan. And you're like, Mm-mm, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> uh, just not ready for all that yet. And I just had this like realization of like this, per- uh, this person who I've never met um, has just played an incredible role in, you know, bringing lots of moments of joy to my life. And so, but it was a process of going, I really do want him to be incredibly successful at UNC also, and then he was, and now there's a new chapter, and there's a new coaching staff to, to learn and get to know and, um, and fall in love with, and, um, and there will be the ups and downs. Um, but it is, it is a hobby and a way of life that gives and it takes away. <laughs> and so the acceptance of this is part of it. This is, you gotta, you gotta be able to cope with the downs in order to be able to really enjoy the ups. Because if you only have like teeny tiny downs, then maybe only teeny tiny up. So if you want to have that real elation, then you're going to have some of these seasons too. Well, I love the fact that you told a personal story. See, I, I knew about your grad degree and your Georgia fandom, but I, I didn't want to disclose that. But I will say, um, just judging by the folks that are in our YouTube chat and some of the comments we're getting right now, uh, folks love you. So shout oh. out shout out for doing the show. Um, Regular people, guest. Yeah, right? absolutely. This is going to be a standing <laughs> segment now. Um, but no, absolutely, folk, people are, are just loving your comments. And I think this is a, a direct quote. This has been helpful. Great idea having Dr. Richel. So anyway, thank Aww. you for doing this. Uh, I hope it's been worth your time. Um, yeah, like Tommy said, we'll, we'll go ahead and set up a regular, uh, a regular session now for when, when our fan base is dealing with the, uh, the grossness of, of failed expectations. But I appreciate you being on the show today and hope that, uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. You guys take care. All right. We'll talk to you soon. That's Dr. Lori Richel, uh, psychologist, faculty member at UNC in the psychiatry department. She's been published hundreds of times, um, won a ton of teaching awards, uh, and now she's helped us kind of deal with a great, terrible, just awful, gross basketball season, and also a little bit of you know the football hangover that was. Right. Tommy, how, how you feel about that? I can I be honest? Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about sports when she was talking. I was, oh. th- I was thinking about right. it much deeper than that. And the questions I asked her of of certainly had sports related, you know, in there. But they were more of life type stuff. I, I was impressed. I, I, to be honest, when when you told me who we were having, I was like, oh, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't I don't know how a sports based show is going to go. But she nailed it, man. Yeah, man. All she needed to say was, you know, she had a 
Kansas degree, a Georgia degree. I was waiting for some Alabama football and yeah. oh, all, yeah. all the high schools. But what a great guess. What, a, what an awesome way to sort of circle everything and round everything back into what we're talking about on a daily basis on this show. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you trusting me to do it. And she's, I hope the listeners got something out of it. She's awesome. I mean, she's absolutely great. She's she's really, really sharp, really bright. And I think it was uh, it was probably what a lot of our listening base needed after this past week and you know, the past six months, really. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.